Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we are here to talk to you all about The Crinner Captive by Anna Zares. With a big shout out to Zoe, our sinful deviant patron, Patreon, who gave us this book for us to read and review. Yes, thank you for your suggestion. We uh, really appreciate it. This is one of my favorite series. Uh, the Crinner series by Anna Zares is so much fun to read. So I hope that you guys read this book and I hope that Zoe liked this book. Um, I'm not sure if she chose it because she's read it before or if she just chose it because it looked interesting to her. But either way, I hope everybody enjoyed. Um, well, I have a question for you about the series. Okay. Is it a shared world? Yes. Okay. Because I got kind of confused at points because I'm like, wait, they're talking about things that I don't. Yeah. So I'm not 100% on this, but I do believe that Anna Zares came up with this world, this like alien invasion, I guess, world where the aliens come and um, decide to live on Earth and also um, have fun with some humans while they're here. <laughs> but, uh, because I've read a whole bunch of these and some of them are by Anna and some of them, a lot of them aren't. Okay. They're by other authors. So I do, I think that people kind of like jumped on the bandwagon. Again, I'm not sure if Anna came up with it or not. I think she did. Um, or maybe I just think she did because that's the first one I read was by her. <laughs> well, I mean, either way, it's a very interesting world, right? I love sci-fi in any capacity. So a sci-fi alien book with like a dark romance element is totally up my alley. I like my sci-fi like Star Wars. Oh. I am not a big reader of sci-fi. Oh. So this is one of the very few alien books I've read. <gasps> really? Yeah. Interesting. I... No, I've read a lot of alien books. <laughs> <laughs> I love sci-fi. I love dystopian and a lot of like dystopian sci-fi kind of mushes together. Yeah. Um, have you read? I don't know why. I I can't remember if I've asked you this. The LV Lane Omega verse. Is that the controllers? Yes, the controllers. Have you read those? I have not yet. No, it's on my list. Oh. <gasps> We have to read those for the podcast, pretty please. At least a few, because they're some of my favorite Omegaverse. There's, 
We should just make an Omegaverse podcast. <laughs> I love Omegaverse. There's so many I want to read. Of course, we're already on a tangent about not this book. Um, but I really want to do um Addison Kane's Born to Be Bound series. That's super dark. But again, that that series isn't finished, so I don't want anybody to get mad at me if they if they started it. But I love LV Lane's controllers. They're some of my favorites. It's like they're my comfort reads in a weird way. I reread them constantly. I was reading one of them tonight before uh, before when I was uh, at the nail salon. I think that's weird. I don't know. I think if you read it, you might think it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of fun. Anyway, yes, I love this world. Uh, let's set it up for people. So our girl um, goes on a vacation. She was just let go from her job and she needed a little break. So she went to Costa Rica and she went on a little bit of a too stupid to live uh, trip by herself in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> she went for a hike and um, ended up falling off a bridge. Whoops. Oopsie doopsie. And after she fell off the bridge, she was clearly going to die because it was, you know, a bunch of, I don't know how many feet, but a, a lot of feet to the jungle floor. And our hero stumbles upon her. And something about her just captivates him from the beginning. And I think it's her, like, willingness to live, almost, he says. Like, she... She she just made this like pitiful sound. She has this drive and determination to mm -hmm. survive. And he is an alien here to study our planet because his alien race is getting ready to settle down on Earth and they need to find some locations on which to build their, I guess, um, like, I don't want to say campsites, but like, what's the word? Um, settlement yeah I guess like cities I don't know like they're I know what word you're thinking of but I can't think of it I don't know I can't I can't think of the word um, their headquarters <laughs> I guess um, a bunch of different places and um, the I really liked the background of this book where and um, the, he explains to our heroine much later on that Humans were descendants in a way of the Krinar, because that's the alien race that he is. Uh, millions of years ago, they they settle they they sent some <laughs> bacteria and whatever else over to this planet. Well, and... they sent the DNA of their prey. Yes, because they they used to hunt primates. Mm -hmm. And so they thought they would make themselves a ready food source. Yeah, because they were killing off their own prey at a rapid rate. So, but while they're in the process of coaxing the DNA they sent to Earth mm -hmm. to turn into humans and nudging the evolutionary process, their evolution means they don't need to drink blood anymore. No. They just like it. It make it gives them a a good high, especially when they're <laughs> having sex. 
Well, it apparently gives, gave her a good high too. Yeah. Well, it does for in general. Like they're the, they have venom in their teeth. I guess to it, it used to be to numb their prey for when they fed, but obviously now there there's a more pleasurable reason. Um, I guess since they don't no longer need the sustenance, it's, it's more become like a recre- recreational habit for, for them. Um, so. Yeah, anyway, so they're really, really advanced. And he brings her to his, like, house that he built in a cave that is unreasonably, like, scientific and super advanced. The technology was fabulous. Mm-hmm. I want to live there. Right? It's so cool. Seats and beds that mold to how you're laying so that you have the most comfortable experience. A kitchen that you say, fix me a salad, and the salad comes levitating out to you. Yeah. Sign me right the fuck up. It's like almost like the Jetsons. Like they, it cleans itself. It cooks for you. The shower, you just step in and it does everything for you. Yeah, the water is already warm when you turn it on mm-hmm. because it wants it to be comfortable for you. And when they brought the cat in, it made him a whole room of dirt for his litter box. Yes. Like a giant room. (laughs) It was so cute. Um, Anyway, so he brings, so obviously he, for romance reasons, he finds her and brings her back to his house. And he uses this advanced technology to heal her. You know, and she knows that she would, definitely not survive from that fall so when she wakes up she's very confused because a she's alive and b she's not in a hospital because it's clearly like a weird room but not a hospital room and she feels amazing and then this guy steps in and he is hot (laughs) hot to the nth degree of course um where is the description of him? Well, while you're looking for the description, I just want to say how much I appreciated his nerdy his nerdiness. Yes. He he's a scientist. He's a scientist and he geeks out over the plants and animals and he knows the Latin names for everything mm-hmm. and so that's what he uses instead of what we call them, what the layperson would ex- would understand. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, he was he was he was their biologist, I guess, is what we would call him. Um, I don't. Anyway, he was super tall and dark and handsome. The tall, dark, and handsome that you imagine is what he is. Um, the Krinar in general are dark hair, like bronze skin, dark darker eyes. And the most chiseliest jaws you'll ever see in your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) As one would, of course, expect from a dark romance, from a romance hero. Tall, broad. Also, like I said, he kind of reminded me of Superman, right? In that way of like, he's otherworldly, strong and fast and smart. Mm -hmm. Unreasonably smart. Like, he's just on another level and he's fascinated with her because she's blonde and like i said the the crin art tech 
are like a darker people. So he's just fascinated by her fair skin and her blonde eyes and green uh blonde eyes, Jesus. Blonde hair and green eyes. It's been a day, folks. You'll just have to bear with oh, us. Matt's had a full day. It is past my bedtime. So this is gonna be a fun episode for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's just he, he's very evasive because she's like, who are you? Because she also realizes that it, she's naked. She just got a blankie. Yep. <laughs> and um, it, he makes her some clothes later, but I don't remember if he ever makes her underwear. I don't think he does. I don't think so. I think it's just the dress. It's just dresses. Yeah. But they're like, the most supportive, comfortable dresses you'll ever wear, and you don't need a bra with them. Can we sign me up for some of those? If they have pockets, I want them. <laughs> I'm sure that they, we can make some pockets work for you. That was actually one of the one of my notes was when he was described. She was describing the support in the dress, mm -hmm. and my note was, "But does it have pockets?" <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so he is very evasive with, like, telling her, but he's like, yeah, I fixed you, but she's like, are you a doctor? And he's like, no, not really. Like, <laughs> I would some be someone you call a biologist. And he's he's like, let's just go eat. So they bring her, that's when he brings her to this table, and she's clearly, like, taken aback because she thinks she might be hallucinating or maybe still dreaming because what would you think of course if you woke up in this like otherworldly place and you were supposed to be dead it's a weird place to put yourself yeah that would be that would be an odd thing right do you i was trying to imagine what i would you know be uh reacting like and I think I would be a lot like Emily. I I would be cautious, but confused, but also like definitely being like, oh, I'm definitely dreaming because like there's no way. Like yeah, especially when he tells her that he's an alien from a different planet. Oh yeah, that would have me. That I would just be done at that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm dreaming. There is no way this shit's real. Yeah. Um. But. She's like, all right, well, thanks for helping me. I guess I'll be on my way. And he's like, mm, no, you you stay in here, girl. The the invasion is coming in 15 days, and then I'll let you go. But we can't afford to have you spreading the word and terrifying everybody before we get here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like they're like, we have a plan. And I think it's 17 or something like, I think it's 17 days, 15 days, somewhere around there that... um. This I love this. I love the forced proximity of it all. It makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so she's like, so what am I captive? And he's like, I don't know, call it whatever you want. I'm gonna call you a guest. She's like, Yeah, a guest who can't leave. I was like, Yeah. And then we find out that through him, that he had a mate that died in a tragic accident. She was like an astronaut or something, and she blew up. 
Um, it was a very careless and stupid mistake, but it happened uh, because the Krinar, by the way, guys, are almost immortal. They live an unreasonable amount of time and they don't age. So they are very vampire-like in that aspect as well. I got to say, the dead mate did not work for me. No? Why? He's over 600 years old. Mm-hmm. He was with her for 44 years. Yes. It's been eight years since she died. Mm-hmm. That's like a drop in the bucket for him. But she was his fated mate. Yes, it was a drop in the bucket, but she was his fated mate. She was his person. I know. That's what I'm saying is it's a drop in the hat and he moved on so quickly. I see. But she's also her, his fated mate. I think that's why. It never specifies. And so I was very confused about the fated mate aspect of this because he felt drawn to her. Uh -huh. But there was never any indication that there was a a bond okay. between the two of them. I think I, because I've read so many of these, <laughs> I just inserted it in there. Because at the end, he declares that she is his Charles mm -hmm. or Carl. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that word. I'm going to say Charles, um, which is uh, like the human version of a mate. Um, and because I've read further on in the series, actually, the next books in the series are about Coram, who helped him melt the, the walls mm -hmm. and his human mate, who he finds. But he has the choice to mate her, to pick her or someone else. Yes, but I feel like he has a choice, but he also doesn't have a choice because he has that drawing to her and that like bond, right? He just was very hesitant to acknowledge it because of his previous mate. Because of his previous mate, he felt guilty because every time he even, even mentions in the book that any time that he thought about, I don't remember her name, the, the old mate. Um, Larita or? I think, yeah, Larita, Larita, whatever, whatever her name is. Um, whatever he thought of her and how much fun he was having with Emily, he would feel immense guilt about having fun and not have not thinking about Lorita because for those eight years that he hadn't had her, you know, after the accident, he, he was super depressed and he was like sad and he he could barely go on every moment that he wasn't working. He was thinking of her. So he when he noticed that just in the, the few days that he was with Emily, he hadn't really thought about his old mate. He felt guilty. So he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that there was something there. But in the end, he figures it out and he declares her her Charles, his Charles, who is in in the Kurnar world is like their human mate. It's the equivalent of a, of a human mate. So I don't know. This book worked for me on many levels. So I may be a little bit dismissive on some parts. I was a little I was predisposed to not enjoy the book. Because it's written in third person. Okay. And that is that is really almost a deal breaker for me. Oh. I really dislike books in third person. I didn't know that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Really? Well, I, I think this is the first one that we've had. Yeah. So that put it on my uh-oh list. Oh, that's good to know. That doesn't bother me as much. I do enjoy books in first person more, but it's definitely not something that I, uh, it, it's not a deal breaker for me. So it's just. I will still continue to read them for the podcast. I'm just not going to enjoy them nearly as much. I don't remember if the rest of the series is in third person. I have to check. I want to say no, but I'm not sure. I, I've read them such a long time ago that I don't remember. What are your thoughts about Emily? I liked her as a character overall. She was definitely like the perfect heroine. Very cookie cutter, right? Especially for somebody like um, to be in this situation where eventually she will join him in his on his planet and she leaves Earth. She had no family. She had barely any friends. She just had her cat. So she was the perfect lone wolf to to like be able to just be swept away and taken to another planet. I loved that she tried to get away from him. Mm-hmm. And I especially loved the call to the American embassy. Yes. She was a great patriot. That that instantly made me like her because it was so much more believable. Mm-hmm. And we know that it gets her into trouble down the road, but yeah. I really going to the to the American embassy, I I really liked that that was a good touch. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's called the Kerner captive, like and she called him out on his bullshit constantly cuz he kept saying that she was his guest and he was like, "No, fuck you. Like, I'm your I'm your captive cuz you won't let me go." She's like, "What does it matter?" If you let me go, no one's going to believe me if I tell them that aliens are invading the earth in 17 days. Like, they're going to put me in a mental institution. I would never tell anybody because they will put me in a mental institution. And he he didn't let her go for multiple reasons. One, But I think the main reason was that he just didn't want to. You know, of course they had sex. And she was very hesitant at first, especially once she found out he was an alien. They had lots of sex. Mm-hmm. Forced proximity. They got nothing better to do for 17 days. This was close to the line of erotica. Yeah. It was great sex, though. And very little on the plot. So. Yeah. Again, I think this book was purely written to set up the the trilogy. I think it's actually four books. I don't think it's a trilogy. It's a, whatever four books are called. <laughs> <laughs> a quadruple liturgy um, for uh, close liaisons, the next, because th- that those books go very, very into depth about the Krinar world. And I think you'll like them mainly for that. Like if you like all the technology aspect of it. I really like the technology and I really liked the concept of the Krinar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish Emily hadn't been so career focused. Yeah. Um, because she kept falling back on that. And I I would have liked to have seen her kind of expand because if she was so career focused, once he let her go and she went home, mm-hmm. she should have been as career focused. 
but she wasn't. It was just trying to get him to leave, get her to leave. And really, in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at an alien invasion, are you really mm-hmm. worried about getting a job? She did say that, though, you know, because of that. You know, remember, she was going to miss an interview with this big firm. Mm-hmm. which was another fun part for me. I loved it because she was like, yeah, but, you know, it's with this firm and this, I don't remember, this guy. And she went on about how amazing this guy was. And he got super jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and he looked up this guy and he, he was like, well, is it because she thinks he's a potential mate? Like, you know, he's close to her age and he's attractive. And like he went through this whole, whole list his head. <laughs> And he thought clearly that the only reason she wanted to go over there is because she wanted him as a mate. Well, she just wanted the job. But she, again, when that was all happening and eventually he obviously didn't let her go, she was like, I shouldn't be upset because who knows what the hell the stock market's going to be like when I, you know, when this invasion happens. And overall, like I should be dead anyway because I fell off that stupid bridge. She did acknowledge it. Um, but she tried to get away anyway, and I loved that. I loved that because it led to primal. <laughs> now about her letting about him letting her go. Mm-hmm. I don't like the self sacrifice. I didn't like that either. I wanted him to hold on tight and tell her to suck it up, Buttercup. You're mine. Yeah, and that's what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I really did not expect that he would let her go. I was a little disappointed with that as well, as you know, because I like them to be like, I, I almost want to be let him lead her, lead her on for those 17 days and be like, yeah, I'll totally let you go to get his way. And then the 17th day come and be like, mm, no, no. That's what I expected. I mean, it's <laughs> Anna Zayers. Yes. That's okay. That happens in the next books. But I guess in order for the for the embassy scene to happen, we need her to get away. Yeah. And there's no way she would have gotten away from him if he didn't let her go. That's true. And so. she had to go save George. Yeah, she needed to get the cat. <laughs> she needed the cat. I want you... Okay, let me find it. Hang on. Back out of here... They found George relaxing on one of the floating couches in the living room. He seemed quite content as he lay there, and when Emily asked Zeron about the cat's food, he told her he had given his house orders to ensure the feline would be fed regularly and provided with the appropriate bathroom situation. What kind of bathroom situation, Emily asked, amused, and Zeron explained that the house had created a special nook where the cat could do his business. Emily insisted on seeing it, so Zeron took her to a room she had never been in before, one with a floor made entirely of dirt. Zeron, this is huge, she said, looking around in amazement. Did your house build this room just for George? He nodded. I want George to be happy here, too, he said with the utmost seriousness and bent down to pick up the cat who had followed them to the room. Later today, I'll take him hunting for mice and birds. His species needs that. (laughs) I just lost it. (laughs) She's like, you're taking my cat hunting 
in the jungle. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. I'm still faster. I'll be able to catch him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that they included George. That made me so happy. I thought it would. Yeah, it was adorable. He was adorable. I mean, Zaron, once he figured out that he wanted Emily, it was on. He just had to figure out. Well, he would move mountains for her. He literally melted a building. So. Well, when you're stuck in the grips of the American government, sometimes you do what you got to do. Yeah, I hated the way they treated her. I mean, I understood in a way. But she did tell them everything she possibly could. She was like, I was in a residential house. Like, what do you want me? I told you everything that I saw. I don't know what kind of weapons they have, but it's probably something unreasonable with like something that can melt buildings. (laughs) Well, and she can't prove a negative. She can't prove that she knows nothing else. Yeah. So they were going to keep her there for God knows how long Mm -hmm. interrogating her and probably moving to torture yeah so i was glad that it didn't come to that no she was only with them for a couple hours because our boy zaron was stalking her through her laptop computer like (laughs) uh, a webcam and when he noticed that the cat was there but she wasn't there for a period of time he was And then he checked and saw that she had almost bought tickets to Costa Rica. She had them in the cart. Yes, but she had not processed it yet because that's when the embassy people came and took her. Not embassy, FBI, whatever they were called. Um, So he... Homeland Security. Yeah, so he petitioned, I guess, their their council, whoever they were, which is the next hero, um, to help him find her. And the way they found her was my favorite way. Trackers. (laughs) (laughs) Because when they healed, when he healed her, he healed her with these like micro tracker thing, nano, not nano, whatever. Nanosites. And they all have their own little tracking devices (laughs) that you can. Well, they are. There are different types of nanocytes, as we found out. Mm -hmm. See, this is the geeky stuff that I get into. Um, And you can hone in on the different types of nanocytes. So they just homed in on her her signal, Mm -hmm. melted the walls, and absconded with her. Oh, and he went feral and murdered pretty almost, well... He was going to murder everybody. He knocked everybody out. And she was like, no, 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 don't hurt them. Yeah, she stopped him. But. I'm not sure why she stopped him. I'm not really sure either. I would have been like, yeah, fuck those people. I would not have stopped him. I would have been like, can I help? Yeah, I would have been like, they were really mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) Make it hurt. (laughs) But Uh, we are both bloodthirsty. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i love the how primal this book was because as we found out the krinner are ultimately hunters and they hunted this other primate on their planet for centuries um almost to extinction which is why they like we said they started to make humans 
And so every time he looked at her a certain way, she would like feel like she was being hunted, like she felt like prey. And I loved that aspect of it. And the the chase scene after the lake when she ran from him. Yeah. Whew, that was hot. Because she thought she got away from him. That was just, that was scalding. Yeah. That was probably my favorite sex scene. Yeah. Agreed. Because she ran from him and he was like at way out swimming in the lake. Like she could barely see him. So she was like, all right, I got, she didn't know that he was super fast, obviously. So she's like, all right, I'm a good runner. Like I can probably make it to town. So she started running and within, I don't know, two minutes in a flash, Emily found herself stretched out on the ground on her back, her arms pinned above her head with a six foot plus of dripping wet muscular males sprawled on top of her. I can always catch you. His voice softened to a hoarse whisper. A hotter, darker gleam appeared in his eyes. There is no place on this planet or beyond where I couldn't find you, Angel, if I were so inclined. Oh, it makes my heart happy. Yeah, it was so hot. And then is that the first time he bit her or was that the second time? No, I think that was. He didn't bite her then because remember he bit her early. Yes. And she, her memories. She had no memories. Yeah. And so he said he wouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Until she asked him. And it was just before she left that he bit her the second time. Because she's like, you know, whatever that thing you did that made me forget, mm-hmm. do it again because I don't want to remember. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, yeah, this book was so hot. I don't know what else to say about it. It... I loved how possessive he became of her. He was almost always possessive of her. But like I said, I think eventually when he figured out why he was so possessive of her, he, he it clicked that she was his, this was his mate. I liked that he was quietly possessive mm-hmm. in his internal monologue. And it grew externally as the book went on. Yeah. And you saw him getting more and more possessive. And I, I liked that. Yes. Insta-love is great sometimes. But sometimes it's nice to see the evolution. Yes. And my notes were um, when he went and talked to Coram about her and how Coram was like, I don't understand. Like, why? I didn't realize that you and Aris was another guy. Um, had so much in common. I'll never understand a Charles appeal, but if you want a human, I guess that's your choice. And my note was like, just wait. <laughs> How the mighty will fall. <laughs> just wait till the next book when you stumble upon a human college student. <laughs> He's a much more, Quorum uh, is much more dark romancy. This This guy was Heather Gray. Yeah, this was Gray. Yeah. But um, I still really enjoy it. Like I said, I think it's the perfect book for the introduction to this world. And I can see that. How it kind of like sh- tells you, okay, this is why the Ks are here. This is what they're doing. This is what they're like. Um, it's It was also a pretty short book. It was. Like there, there wasn't a lot packed into it. It was more of a novella, I would say. It wasn't more, was it? I don't know. It's about 300 pages. Yeah. Is that a novel or a novella? 
Novel. Novel. Just a shorter novel. I am far more interested in seeing what happens when the humans, women get taken to Krenar or Krenna, the, Krenna. their home planet. Yeah. Because I think that will be far more entertaining than this one was. This you, was good. Yeah. But I think that I would enjoy taking them out of their environment. Then you got to wait till book four of the the liaison book. <laughs> that's when they go to Krina. And that's when we get, in, like I said, I know I just keep repeating myself, but in the next books, you, you, got, you find out a lot more in depth about the Charles and kind of like their rights and, or actually the, they said it in this book, the, the rights they don't have, they don't have any rights. Yeah. Because there are so few humans on Krina up until this, this point there, they have some, but for the most part there, there's maybe a couple hundred. So they're more viewed as pets than people. It's almost like you and I, when we have like, a cat or a dog like we love our cats and dogs but they don't technically have any rights yeah and um if we wanted to we could mistreat them and nobody would know don't let PETA hear you say that no I mean I, I love <laughs> dogs and cats it's not that's not the point the point is and Mia that the heroine of the next book points that out she's like yeah you're nice to me I'm like you treat me pretty well although you treat me very possessively and whatever but like overall you're nice to me but if you weren't like no one would stop you because it wouldn't matter I have no rights you know so and there's like a whole uprising next couple of books it's a lot of fun it's like hmm. because you think about it right if if something like this happens sure most some people will be like all right I'm not fucking with these people and a lot of people like that I think they, they showed a video of um the I don't remember if it was like it was a group of like um soldiers that were I want to say wild soldiers but they're not they're not like guerrilla soldiers that um attacked the Krina people and they got just got absolutely destroyed yeah so um because they're just so much stronger than us. Humans, and especially Americans, would not go down for that. No. They wouldn't, that would just not fly. Mm -mm. We'll fight tooth and nail, probably get absolutely disseminated. <laughs> um, With the way America's going, that might not be a bad thing. <laughs> oh, God. That's not. Oh. Sorry, I was reading the news earlier. Oh, yeah? That was a mistake. I have been absolutely obsessed with this um, submarine situation. Yeah. Have you? I know about it. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know oh. I know that it happened. I went down a TikTok rabbit hole somehow, and my entire FYP was nothing but submarine talk for a while. I had nothing about books. I had no hot men. I just had submarine information. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently. I mean, it's very sad what happened. But this guy built a submarine or submersible. Technically, it wasn't a submarine. 
It was not regulated. It did not pass any sort of national or international tests. It's just some guy built a submarine and charged $250,000 a person to take them down to the Titanic and look at it. I would love the opportunity to visit the the Titanic remains. I am a huge Titanic fan with the exception of the four-hour movie. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet may have done a good job, but four hours was way too fucking long. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Titanic fan. I, that is the last thing I would ever want to do, is visit the remains of the Titanic for multiple reasons. First, I do not like open water. Me and open water do not mix. Um... Second, I am extremely claustrophobic, so I am not getting in a tube of any sort. So you put tube in open water, and it's not happening. I would have an instant panic attack. The Titanic is the only thing that would convince me to do that because I'm a, I, I have a fear of getting of water, yeah. spe- of water, getting water in my face. So open water doesn't do much for me too, especially when there are sharks and things like that. It's not even, I like, I have a, I don't know. I have like a extreme fear of suffocation and drowning for absolutely no reason, to be honest. Well, I almost drowned when I was little, probably had something to do with that. That was what happened to me. Yeah. You know, when I used to, when I was flying back and forth to England, I would be okay when I was flying over land. Mm-hmm. But flying over the ocean was just a panic for me. Oh, wow. I would have to take meds so that I could fly because flying over the water, I was sure that I would die. But crashing on land, I might be able to survive. I don't know what I was thinking. All Looking right. back at, you know, 26-year-old me, I'm like, God, you're dumb. For so many reasons. Not just that, but... It's all right. We were all dumb at 26. There's there's nothing wrong with this. Don't worry about it. It's just normal. Normal. But, yeah, no, I I was just obsessed with this submarine situation. And for a while, they thought maybe they were just stuck on the bottom and, like, their battery ran out or something. But the more I learned... But, no, they actually... they, They imploded and became instant. It's probably for the best, to be honest with you. Because I mean, obviously, the best would have been if they didn't die. But out of their options, out of their options, um, probably the best rather than slowly suffocating to death at the bottom of the ocean. Like that is my worst case scenario. I know cold because cold, suffocating ocean, claustrophobia. I know I probably would just die immediately just from shock. <laughs> so. Um, I just never, I don't, and just listen, the the way this man built this thing. I didn't realize that it was essentially home built. Pretty much. Yeah. I did. That was something that I had missed. Yeah. He's, he claimed that NASA helped him, but apparently they just answered a few questions for him. Um, they, they, they actually made a statement saying like, no, we never approved any of this. Like it was never like certified for anything. And he apparently built it out of car, 
carbon fiber or something like that. I don't um, not And you should, he built it out of different parts. Like, again, I'm not a submarine expert, although at this point I may be a submarine expert because I've watched so many videos. <laughs> uh, but apparently you're supposed to build it all out of steel because the amount of pressure puts um, that you, you want it all out of steel. But it, even if it's not all steel, you should make it all out of one thing because building it out of different materials, one may withstand some, it like makes a kind of cracks and stuff. So, and ultimately that's, I think what happened is uh, it went up and down, I think four or five times. And so eventually it cracked because it wasn't tested <laughs> for that many goes like it was maybe okay the first second third fourth but the fifth time like it just couldn't take that much pressure and um yeah like the ballasts they had were just construction like steel pipes from a construction site like it was bananas that's crazy i'm gonna have to look this up now yeah this thing was controlled by like a logic tech controller like video game controller and they didn't have a GPS. They didn't have any sort of way of finding them besides text messages. The way they the way they communicated with the whole mothership was text messages. How on earth did anyone think that was a good idea? I don't know. That's what nobody... And like everybody in the submarine industry was apparently telling this guy, this, this isn't okay. Like, you can't do this. And he didn't want to listen. And he actually fired somebody who worked for him because the guy told him that like this wasn't safe and he didn't want to hear it so he fired him well it's probably good that he can't make the same mistake again yes sadly though he took four other people with him who trusted him and one of them the saddest part was like this 19 year old kid who went with his father for father's day it's just so sad. Anyway, what? How did we get tangent? I don't even know number what, but I'm so sorry, guys. Um, this has nothing to do with dark romance. <laughs> this has everything to do with Natalie's ADHD. We are both tired, and we've got the ADHD thing going. And mm. maybe we should just go to palate cleansers. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. Do you have any palate cleansers for us today, Tori? I have two. Mm-hmm. One of them may be yours. Probably. I got the um, Secrets of the Brother arc from Zoe Blake appeared on my Kindle, and I am so excited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but just in case I took yours, I am also doing a reread of... The Queen of Hearts trilogy by Suki Williams. Ooh. And it is a. I'm trying to think of how you would describe it. Um, it's a reverse harem and it's really, really dark. The female main character is a sex worker. Mm -hmm. And on the side, she's an assassin. Ooh. And her boss hooks her up with a group of mercenaries 
who are going after her boss's husband Mm -hmm. because she wants rid of him. But it turns out that one of the Mercs is her roommate, but they didn't know anything about each other. Oh. One of the guys is one of her clients who was feeling more than a little bit clienty with her. And then she shows up as as the help to do this horrible thing. Um, <laughs> it's violent. It's graphic. There's blood play and knife play. It is all of the yumminess. It's got all kinds of possessiveness. It ticks every box that I have. Ooh. But the rape scene, the rape torture scene is hard to read oh so if you choose to look into that know going in that you really need to look at the triggers because they are very important okay thank you for the triggers we are trigger warning romance everybody (laughs) if we didn't give you books with triggers we would did this book have any triggers we we, this book you would do you think this book would have any triggers I don't really think so. Maybe a little bit of Dubcon. I don't think so. There was a little bit of violence, maybe. But violence, and I would say Dubcon. I was just pulling up my my list that I mm. keep track of. I I didn't actually have anything. Okay. I will add Dubcon and violence to my list, though. Yeah. So, what are your palate cleansers? I have... I mean, I was not going to mention Zoe's book because I figured you would. But Zoe's book's amazing. So everybody, go read The Secrets of the Brother. Um, Make sure you've read Sins of the Sun. Yes. And then The Secrets of the Brother comes out on the 14th of July. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, My palate cleanser is going to be another band because I've been on a band kick. And if you like heavy metal and... Uh, my my recent obsession is baby making metal, as I like to call it. It's just like really sexy metal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a band. I told you about a band last time. I'm gonna tell you about a different band in the same genre, the baby making genre, the baby making metal genre. Uh, it's called Bad Omens, and they are so good. The guy's voice is his name is Noah. I don't know anything about him. He's a cutie. He's got a baby face. He's he's covered in tattoos. He's probably a lot of people's types. He's not my type just because he's got such a baby face that I look at him and I'm like, oh, but then he opens his voice and I'm like, oh, so (laughs) it's uh, it's, they're a great band. Um, They they sing about like love and torture and sexy stuff. And cool. It's great. So go check them out. I think they're an American band. I think they're from, uh, yeah, I think they're from Virginia, I believe. So um, I told you about a British band last time. I'm going to tell you about <laughs> an American band this time because this book took place in America <laughs> and <laughs> sort of Crina. No, they were leaving for Crina. I don't think they ever got there. Yeah, they never got there. But yeah, so... Please, uh, no, 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 no. In light of our Titanic conversation, yeah, their plane, their their space shuttle does not explode. No, 
the story no, just does not continue after they take off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just to be very clear. No, no, no. Everything is fine. The Krina are extremely um, advanced and smart. So they would not build something out of fiber carbon or whatever the hell that submarine was built out of. <laughs> Tell you guys, uh, you should, poor Mr. Savage, he is like, please don't talk to me about the stupid submarine anymore. Yes, it's sad. I don't care. Um, well, I told you, Mr. Klein and I's conversation has involved duck dick. So, <laughs> Yes, and I learned something today, too. Tori has informed me that ducks have dicks and they're in corkscrew shape. Yes. That Ooh. holds them in so that that way they can't, the, the, the girl duck can't leave. <laughs> it helps the insemination process. Oh my God! Somebody, somebody's gonna write a duck romance. <laughs> it's a very dark romance of the duck hero to be like, no, bitch, you're not going anywhere until you're knocked off. <laughs> I also would like to plug the authors after after midnight. Yes, event coming up in October. Nat and I are going to be there representing Trigger Warning Romance. So if yes. you happen to be in the South Carolina area, come check it out. North. South. Is it South? Oh, mm -hmm. yes. It's Fort just North, over Car the border on the South Carolina. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. The gotcha. airport is in North Carolina. That's why I was confused. I'm like, I know I'm flying to North Carolina. Yeah, you're probably flying into Charlotte. And then it's like yes. a 20-minute drive. Yeah, I'm, I'm flying into the same airport as you. It's like Charlotte. Charlotte Douglas. That's it. Yeah. But we are so excited about doing this. Yes. Um, so we hope that, that some of y'all will come out and say hi. Yeah. Come hang out with us. We'd love to meet you and hang out. Um, I'm not really sure if you want an autograph. I'm going to have to perfect that because I'm just going to chicken scratch my name onto things. Um, but, you know, take some. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. <laughs> I only thought about it. Why would anybody want my autograph? I only thought about it because I'm going to plug our next episode. Um, please, everybody, tune in next week when we, as in me, because Tori took the night off, <laughs> talked to Rara from the Pink Kink podcast about Target This by shit. <laughs> as per usual, I could never remember the fucking name. Um Target this by Lily. It's Lily something. Lily White. Um, and she she brought us that book. Um, it is a BDSM dark suspense romance asterisk. Because we got into a little bit of a debate whether or not this book was a romance. So check all the trigger warnings on that next book because that book is something else. Uh, but I was talking to Rara and she was like, yeah, um, she's been doing this podcasting thing much longer than you and I, Tori. She gave us some lovely advice. And she's like, well, yeah, you got to like take pictures with the fans. And I'm like, what fans? <laughs> got to sign stuff. I'm like, who's going to want me to sign anything? <laughs> so uh, that's that's what we're reading next week. So everybody read. Uh, target this by Lily White 
it like I said, it's very it's a that book guys took me aback. I have never been surprised by a book like I have been surprised by this book. Oh well, yes. I look forward to hearing the the um, episode episode. That's yes. the word I was looking for. It's been a long night, everybody. Um, I will like to say to everybody that I will not see you for a couple of weeks. I am having surgery this Thursday and hopefully everything will go well and I'll be out on Friday. I'll be home Friday night, but I probably will not be up to reading and recording for at least another week, maybe two. So Nat's got some things up her sleeves to keep you guys entertained. I hope you enjoy my, (laughs) my crazy experiments. I think you'll be pleased. I think you guys will all enjoy it. I, I'm going to do my very best. Um, but thank you again. I, I loved speaking with Rara. So please listen to that episode next. And we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye.